And I'm Gully, along with Barb Lamson. Hey there, Gully. It's good to be on the air with you this morning. Absolutely. Nice to have you here. And what a beautiful day. It is. We've been really blessed. This whole spring and early summer has been just gorgeous. You know, I'm so glad you said that because I just go around all the time pinching myself thinking, (laughs) I don't have to water. It's so perfect. This is so great. It has been really kind of like we just keep getting these every so so often, nice little rains. and, uh, And the rains that we got in the spring this year, compared to recent years, they weren't the big downpour gully washer run all right. the the topsoil off and into the river that's kind of right. thing they've been long sort of soaking rains that's right and that's, that's right. uh we well Perfect. i told you i i had to replant a bunch of grass because mm-hmm. we have a female dog. Right. And uh, and it was absolutely the perfect year for doing that. You know, I, I planted grass this year, too. And I had some areas that were just shaded out. Mm-hmm. And last year, I was too cheap to buy two kinds of grass seed. I just bought what I thought would be the best for mm-hmm. the yard, which was sunny. And it didn't take. So this year, I had to get some shade yep. seed and got it in. And, you know, I always remind myself, okay, I've planted the grass. I've I've improved the soil here. I've got to water and water until yes. it germinates, and then I forget. But Mother Nature, thank you very much. You yeah. came in and did my job. So for you me. ended up with a real nice filled-in lawn too. I did. Good. I did. It Good. just it was just fantastic. And then the other thing is, uh, when I looked at the calendar, July, I thought. Oh, my goodness, how can it be July? Because we haven't had any of that nasty weather. We really haven't had uh, threatening, you know, weather like a lot of times we get. Yep. My brother called me from Springfield, Missouri last night, and he was looking for some advice. He had a tree, and they had high winds, and a beautiful branch broke off. And he was wondering what he should do, if he should paint the area where the branch was and I said absolutely not they don't recommend that anymore oh they don't don't. no we don't paint uh, wounds on trees Uh, we found that nature does best just letting the air be on them and they heal over by themselves really because I was um, under the impression especially with ash trees uh, because the emerald ash borer that you wanted to cover up any any scars well now that may be true of the emerald ash borer okay but for the emerald ash tree that may be true for that okay but generally we don't do that anymore we used to do that sure and we and we found out that the uh, treated much better just letting nature take its course. So uh, I was talking to my brother about that, and he said that in Missouri they've had, uh, just when it's rained, it's just been like a, a deluge. It just pours, oh. and they've had, uh, they have a high water table anyway, mm-hmm. and the farmers have lost a lot of their crops. And Oh, man, and it's gorgeous. The crops around here are unbelievable. They are. As a matter of fact, I've noticed that they've even been out and harvested peas already oh, sure. in some of those earlier fields. So then the farmers will get another crop of something else. That's pretty and, nice. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, the corn, you can just sit and watch it grow on, on a hot up. day. Man, I tell you, it's just been popping up like crazy. Yes, absolutely. Well, and then I was thinking about the 4th of July and I just, I love this holiday so much because this is a time where we always did pretty much the same thing. When I lived in northern Minnesota, we would go to Thief River Falls and we would have a family picnic with my grandparents who, uh, and with my grandmother's aged sister and brother Mm -hmm. and my cousins. And this was the 
best time because this was his biggest Christmas, this preparation for this big family picnic. And uh, our father uh, worked, was an iron miner, and so he was was up in Chisholm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he would get to come home for this holiday, and a lot of times he didn't. But we would go to my grandparents' house. And the prep for that was we always had to butcher chickens. Oh. Because <laughs> my mother brought the fried chicken. Sure. It was at least six chickens. And she must have been up early, early in the morning to fry these chickens. And by the time we got up, these fried chickens were in this great big blue granite roaster. Oh, sure. And they would be taken that, you know, and they were wrapped in newspaper. And uh, all these things... It was before we were using ice or had ice coolers. Oh, yeah, right, right. And they were hauled to the park. And when we got to my grandparents in Thief River Falls, we would just beg our mother to walk to the park because if we, if we got there, we could get into our swimming suits and we could go for a little dip before Right, lunch. right. My mother never allowed that. <laughs> <laughs> it was always... And then we had to eat. But after after lunch, my granddad who came to this country from Sweden when he was 18 years old, he would tell everybody what a wonderful country we lived in. Oh, yeah. And I have really never forgot this. And he said, you know, this was the land of opportunity and that we were so lucky we could become anything and do anything. And everything he had, he owed to this country. And, of course, my grandmother came, too, to this country from Sweden, but but she was a young girl. She mm-hmm. didn't have to make a living. She was the oldest of 15 children. Yipes. Yeah, and she was eight years old when she came. So she must have had just a, a busy, busy life, too. I would imagine. But this was such a special time with my grandparents, and and uh, I'm very patriotic, and I, I I remember this this time so well in my life, and that was just that we should always be grateful to have been born in this country and have the opportunities that we have, and uh, so so that's that's really a, a great time. That along with the food, it was the first watermelon of the season that oh, we had. Oh yeah, I love watermelon. And we sometimes had orange pop. Orange you're making me pop. really hungry. You're talking about fried chicken. You're talking about watermelon. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm just salad. I'm starting to I oh, and potato salad. Yeah. You can't go wrong with yeah. potato salad. And my grandmother made baked all all of the bread and she made these wonderful delicious buns and they were always there too oh it was it was just a wonderful spread of just delicious kinds of things and and my mom would say now everybody has to eat and then you have to wait an hour before you go swimming same here same it, deal for for us we oh. were always told to wait an hour and that was the longest hour it was the longest i mean hour. you just you couldn't believe how slow the clock ticked when you're when you when you so finished then, eating I was always, six children in our family, and I was the representative that debated with my mom. So they'd say, (laughs) now go ask mom, go ask mom, is it time, is it time? And off I would go. And so then she would say, no, no, it's not time yet, and I'll let you know when it's time. I'd say, but could we go to the bathhouse? Could we put on our swimming suits? No, no, no. Right, because you were trying to sort of get closer to the, yes, yes. So then I would say, and then I'd go back and tell my brothers and sisters, no, it's not time yet. We can't. We're not supposed to bother mom anymore. And then about 10 minutes later, they'd say, oh, go. I think it's time. Now. So I would go again. I'd say, well, could we take off our shoes? Could we go wading in the water? Could we just wade for a while? And my mother said, now, that's the last I want to hear about it. 
go. And so uh, finally an hour was up. We could go to the bathhouse and get on our swimming suits and swim. And, and it was just a marvelous day. You know, you had training to probably be Secretary of State. Yeah, more than, there you More go. than likely. You could have negotiated a lot of stuff <laughs> for was, the U.S. <laughs> I, I, I was the one that went in. And, and somehow, uh, uh, sometimes I won, but most of the time I didn't. And then the other thing my mother said was, Everybody has to eat at the picnic because when we get home tonight, I'm not cooking another meal. Oh, sure. Okay. And and that was a hard thing to do. I mean, when you're a kid, you... Well, you don't eat that much. No, you, you don't. Know? And you all just, you really want to do is just run around and... Yes. You yeah. want to get in the water. You yeah, want to swim and yeah. And yeah. at the swimming, we swam in the river there and it was roped off for, for swimming. It was a yep. nice swimming beach. Mm-hmm. They had a big slide. And of course... Oh. We were accustomed to swimming where there wasn't a big slide, and this was the best thing. There'd be a long line, and you'd stand oh, in line. Oh, yeah, but it was worth it. Oh, yeah, it was like a water park, you know. Absolutely. It, that was the best. So. Cool. Um, we were talking about lawns at the beginning of the program, and yes. I just wanted to make mention of something that's up on the KMSU Facebook page, and that is Clinton Meyer, who's a longtime listener, supporter of KMSU, is a beekeeper. Uh, And he uh, sent along uh, some pictures and a video of his wildflower garden. Oh, And uh, he's doing that, obviously. I mean, it's a little bit self-serving because he has bees and he needs to have the flowers, right? And, uh, And so, but at the same time, you know, he did make a good point. And if you have acreage, you know, if you have a fairly sizable plot of land. Sure. And you'd prefer not to mow all of it. Right. You can plant it in wildflowers, and that takes all that mowing out of the picture, and uh, it's, it's yes. beautiful. Uh, and, 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 you know, I have my book here with uh, uh, wildflowers because I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Oh, you're kidding. This morning. So all week long, I've been watching uh, the yard, and I have some wildflowers. And one of the things that I raise is verbascum, which is mullen, and it's uh, a native plant. And it's also been hybridized so that you can get different colors and things. So it started out with the with the native, and now it's been hybridized, and you'll get different a different looking plant. But mullen is can grow eight feet tall. Wow! And um, along the sides, it will get it will get uh, flowers going all the way down this eight foot, and then it'll, on top it'll have a a like a poker thing, and this top, when it got done blooming, uh, native people here would use this. Uh, they would dip it in kerosene, and they would use it as a torch. Oh, sure, Because okay. they have this long, yep. dried stem. This is in mm-hmm. the fall. And so they call this torch plant. Oh. Well, the reason I have this growing in my garden is, first of all, because the birds deposited the seed there. And, uh, and I thought this... Oh, this fantastic plant. It has a grayish green to it, mm-hmm. and the leaves are uh, soft and kind of hairy, furry, hairy-like. So it's almost velvety, then. It is velvety. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. And I thought, oh, this is great. But this plant is a biennial. So the first year, you get this base with just leaves and that on, and then the second year, you get this tall, torch-like oh, flower okay. that comes up. Yes. What does that remind me of? There's a tall plant that's sort of like that, that's a, that's a, like maybe an annual or something. I'm well, not sure. It, it, there is yucca, which mm-hmm. we see on the deserts, yes, and some people right. will grow yucca around here, too, and that gets this tall spike coming up. And, but um, oh, a, oh, I know what it is. Lamb's ear. 
Oh, okay, sure. And that has that really nice soft touch the to soft, it. The uh, soft yes, leaves that are velvety, yeah. So this is a plant that's really amazing. So I have a plant that on its own, thanks to the bees that run in, you know, the bees want, they go in there for the nectar and for the pollen, and then mm-hmm. they track it to others. Well, they, they love this plant. They absolutely love it. And so I bought the domesticated plant, and they have... Um, went back and forth and now I have a new thing coming up and it it isn't something that was uh, commercially hybridized and it's not something that occurred in nature uh, naturally well of course it did occur but it's a cross between oh, these it two is. things oh wow so it's tall it has yellow flowers on it it has that torch on top but the center is a different color it's a hot pink Wow, so you invented a new plant. Well, nature did, and I just let it grow <laughs> You just helped there. it along, that's yes. all. Yes, so this morning before I was leaving, I was counting bees. Now, the bees love this plant. They will be there, and because it's a big plant, you'll have maybe, oh, 20, 25 bees at a time. Wow. Now, they're not all honeybees. Mm-hmm. They're... Um, uh, they're the kind of like pseudo bees that mm-hmm. I think actually are a fly, but they look like a bee. Mm-hmm. And then there are the big, uh, fluffy. Uh, oh, like the bumblebees. The bumblebees. Yeah. They're in there. So you look and you, and they don't fly away. They just keep doing their job. They're just working away. Yeah. You know, harvesting pollen, harvesting nectar, moving around. And sometimes on the honeybees, their little bellies underneath are all. Uh, different colored because from the pollen, pollen. they picked up from the plant. Yeah. It's just, it's such an interesting thing to do. So that's a great plant. If a mullen starts or if you want to look in uh, uh, at a nursery and find a domesticated one, they the bees love both. They they love the domesticated plant and they love that native one. So Plus if you're, um, you know, sort of organizing a garden plot, sometimes you want some tall structure yes. uh, toward the back of the garden plot. Yes, and, yes. So, yeah. And, and that, that's really good and disease free mm-hmm. and what I like about it is um, if you just let it go to seed like I do you can pull out the plants that you don't want I sure. mean that's that it's not really invasive like dandelions or something sure. like that that yep. just go wild and then there's another plant um, that I like which is called evening primrose it too is a very tall plant now there's a shorter plant right now that's about um, oh it's about 12 to 15 inches tall and people call that evening primrose but really this evening primrose it's a it's a native and it too grows tall it grows to about six feet tall it is so worthwhile having in the perennial garden because again the bees love it it doesn't get any disease and besides blooming uh, having a main bloom at the top, it has shoots. They come out vertic- or horizontally, and and they get all these fantastic blooms on them. So if you haven't thought about putting in some native plants, you should do that. It's really, really good. It's They're easy to grow. You, you don't have to fuss with them and water them. Uh, they're just really a fantastic thing to have in your garden. 
Fantastic. Well, um, so a couple of, and these are, are considered wildflowers then? They are. Okay. They are. And I'll tell you, if, if you want a really good book on wildflowers, uh, this one is called What's Doing the Blooming? And this was uh, written by Clayton Osland. He used to own the uh, Shady Oaks Nursery in Waseca. Oh, okay, sure. And all of the flowers are in color. Now, I... I love colored pictures. Well, you know, it kind of matters because, you know, you, if you have black and white pictures, you're not really sure what color you're looking at oftentimes. So, yes, yeah. yes, that's right. And then, you know, when you think about July, think about watermelon, like we said, and yep. picnics and things like yep. that. You also start thinking about, especially if you were a rural kid, the fair. The yes. fair. You know, you had to get your 4-H project ready. You had to do things. And so we have the Waseca County Fair coming up. And uh, one of the things that's important about these fairs is the fact that you don't have to be a resident of the county that your fair is in. They allow open class. Oh, sure. And so July 15th through the 19th. That's coming, coming fast, up. yeah. Yes. And, and then after that, we have... Um, the uh, Blue Earth County Fair. Mm-hmm. And that one this year is July 30th through August 1st, followed by Nicollet County's Fair, which is the 5th through the 9th of August. All right. Uh, those, are, those are great fairs. And the reason that I like them is because it gives people an opportunity to exhibit something and just see how well they're doing and how other people are doing this. It can be as competitive as you want to be, but it's really just an opportunity to learn more. And if you love gardening, you love to go to the fair, you love to see things that people are exhibiting. But one of the things that's really important is every fair has a catalog that they hand out. Mm -hmm. And in that um, catalog or premium book, as it's called, it gives you the instructions for exhibiting. I was talking to our fellow master gardener, Harvey Hess, and we were talking about how flowers need to be in a glass, a clear glass container. Or clear plastic, he was saying, yes. Yeah. But it has to be clear. Yes, has to be clear. Yep. And so I don't know why that is or what the reason, but you, if you brought something and it was fantastic, you wouldn't want it to be disqualified because you weren't exhibiting it in the right container. Correct. And yes. then the other thing, with each category or each division, they tell you how many of one thing you need to bring. So if you're to bring three stems of a certain flower, mm-hmm. that's what you need, or maybe it's five, or, and fruits, it's different. So... Uh, this year, I was surprised. Now, a lot of people think, oh, I just can't, I can't raise a beautiful flower. Well, in reading the catalog, I see that um, class 13, 14, and 15 in the flower section is hosta leaves. Oh, really? So you could exhibit hosta leaves. Just like pluck a few leaves out of your yeah, hosta? Yeah. Really? And so... And they, they have these different three different categories. There's a small, medium, or large. So whatever category you want it to go into. And Harvey was telling me it isn't necessary that you have a named variety. So 
and this happens, especially with hostas. You know how popular they are, mm-hmm. and you divide them, and all of a sudden you say, gee, I don't have enough room for all this one kind. I'm going to give it to someone. You've forgotten the name. They don't know the name. So you don't know what it is, but it's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So don't let that stop you. Go ahead and pluck your leaf out. Now, what it does with each category, for a large leaf, it has to be three and a half inches or more. And you put it into a color. So it would be solid blue. And you know they aren't solid blue. They're no. that green blue, but right. they call those blue. Okay. Or it would be solid green, but it would be pointed. So the leaf comes to a point sure. like an arrow yep. versus having a rounded leaf. And and so that's how these are, are, are listed. So you need to get this premium book. Now, normally the Blue Earth County Fair sends this book out to everybody, but not doing that this year you have to pick this up where um any place in the county at there's different locations and i don't know what they are well one i know is is high v i went down to the extension office and i asked my for a book down there okay and they had it but here's the thing they they do have an address so you could email them so it's simply blueearthcountyfair.org so if you've always enter it at the fair and you want this premium book uh, and you don't know where they're offering it, you might go to blueearthcountyfair.org. I wonder if that's also posted online, like you've, there's an online version of it. I oh, wonder. I bet there is. You know, I, I bet there is. I might just look. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good idea. So you could go there. You wouldn't have to be running around the county doing this. And then I have another thing that I'm interested in this year. I saw in here that one of the categories is homemade wines. No way. Yes, homemade wines. You could, <laughs> and, and they list the different kinds. You could have apple or banana or beet or carrot or cherry or dandelion and elderberry, and it just goes on and on and on. And then at the very, oh, and even wheat. And at wow. the very end it says any that we don't have listed. So, and, and then there's also homemade ale. So it would be pale ale, brown stout, porter, pilsner, American light, red lager, or any ale not listed. So I should be a judge for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I kind of wondered about that. And here's why I'm wondering is because um, I and my neighbor Mrs. Jensen, we have cherry uh, trees, and they're actually cherry. They're shrubs because it's right. the Nanking cherry. It's a shorter one. Okay. And uh, so she picks her cherries, and I pick mine, and I make cherry jam for both of us. Oh. And for her family also, because how many jars of cherry jam do you need? Right. And I was thinking. Gee, there must be something else you can do with these cherries. I bet you could make wine. You could make wine, but I didn't have that. Well, I froze the I froze some grape juice or cherry juice so I could still do that. But here's what I made. I made a flavored kind of cherry juice and I made margaritas out of them. Well, I now mixed, we're talking. Yeah, right. It was delicious <laughs> and I had um uh, for the liquor, I had uh, tequila. Of course. And and I had some lemon. Mm-hmm. I didn't have lime. And I had some um, uh, uh, fuzzy, uh, fizzy water, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, my gosh, it was so great. And Mrs. Jensen thought it was, too. She thought it was the best thing she'd ever tasted. Well, so, yeah, you but just there, invented a new drink, too. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, I have to look here and see. Is under any, could I, any not listed? I don't know if that if that would work or I not. I think you should do it. 
I I really should. And and the color was beautiful. So the cherries See, that's were, the thing. There's the visual part of that, too. Yes, there yeah. is. Yeah. And I wondered, though, here's the thing. So I can't transport liquor in an open bottle, so do I have to have something that's sealed up? I'll have to go online and figure this out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That that that's a good question. What I did discover, though, after uh, clicking on uh, blueearthcountyfair.org, yes, um, yeah, there's a there's an online PDF version of the premium book, so you can download it and print it off yourself, or you can just look at it online. So, there you go. So that's, there you go. That's that's really a good that's a really good thing to so do. So you don't have to go running around town trying to find a copy of it. If you no. have a computer and uh, if you have a printer and you want to print it off, you can do that, or you can just look at it online, on your screen, and get whatever information you need from from the online version. So that's kind of a nice deal. I think I think when you uh, go to the fair, that's really exciting, and when you exhibit something. I mean, there is that pride of ownership, yes. and um, uh, I think there's there's something about getting a ribbon that's really really special about that. You know, I used to I used to judge the fairs mm-hmm. in the whole region, and and I loved doing that. I judged uh, a lot of 4-H kids stuff, and I also judged the open class, which is the class that anybody can go into. And uh, I know I've shared this story with other people, but it's you know you have those moments in your life that you never forget when something is right, really right. And I was judging in uh, the village of Blue Earth, Blue Earth, Minnesota. Sure. And so many beautiful plants. I was judging horticulture open class. And when I got all done, then you take the blue ribbons, all the people that are blue ribbons, and out of them, you find the best, the grand champion. And I found this absolutely perfect rose. It was... It was everything about it was perfect. Yeah. And so the there's a supervisor for each one of these divisions and after I got done the supervisor said, "Did you pick the the grand champions?" and I said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, who did you pick over there by the roses?" And I said, "Well, um it's this one right here and it's got a a name uh, and I've got the the ribbon on it." And she said, Oh my goodness, I'm so happy, she said, because that woman is totally blind. Wow. She has never seen a rose that she's grown, but she exhibits all the time. And so oh. this year she got a grand champion. That is fantastic. Yeah, it was it just made my day. And so sometimes when I get discouraged and I think, Why do I garden? I have rabbits, I mm, have yeah, beads, yeah, yeah. I have all this work. <laughs> I think of this lady beautifully tending her flowers and never being able to see them no but kidding. yet she enjoyed it so much wow that's so. a fantastic story and you know what that's a good uh good advice to the rest of us uh, get out there and and get in the garden get your fingernails dirty it's all yes. good yes. it's all good hey you were talking about your patriotism and uh it is a, a, an appropriate topic uh, uh this time of the year uh with our with our uh, independence day holiday coming up tomorrow uh, i wanted to mention a couple of things um the River Blenders are doing, uh, uh, they're a chorus. Uh, they're doing a salute to America and veterans with some free concerts. They did one yesterday. They will be doing one tonight at 7 at the Church of St. Peter, 1801 West Broadway Avenue. So, uh, and it's free. Now, they will take a free will donation, but, um, but there is no admission charge. So you can go and listen to the uh, River Blenders and that uh, patriotic 
uh, presentation. And then, of course, there's tons of things going on tomorrow with parades, yes. uh, you know, the, the old-fashioned Fourth of July in St. Peter, of course, with the parade at 10 and then the picnic in the park at noon. And it's, uh, you know, oh, yes. it's, it's, a, it's yes. quite a deal. And uh, But there's a lot of other communities around as well that are that are doing um, uh, Fourth of July celebrations. So uh, get out and, 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 you know, get with your neighbors and uh, and celebrate the Fourth of July. Uh, but do so safely. We uh, yes. we want to encourage that. Um, and and I know that um, you wanted me to find something musically that we could maybe uh, finish up the show with today yes. that would be patriotic. And I and I I, I, I immediately thought of this. Um, this is uh, a version of America the Beautiful that comes on Neil Young's Living with War album, which was you know by and large a, a fairly dark album until the last song, which I think is an awesome rendition of this uh, song, which is really kind of my favorite patriotic song. It features the 100-voice choir. So we're going to hear uh, this version of America the Beautiful off of uh, Neil Young's album and um, and thanks Barb it's been a pleasure well, thank you and I'll go sit and listen and I'll probably it'll probably bring tears to my eyes it is s- s- just a beautiful version of it on the other side of that I will uh, get into some news headlines and the rest of that stuff but right now here's America the Beautiful